0: Hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology as always. Well, thank you for listening, thank you for downloading. This is Two Blokes Talking Talking Tech, episode 219, live from the foreshore of the Sydney Harbour, overlooking the beautiful Opera House, the magnificent Harbour Bridge, the beautiful city of Sydney. Can you tell that I love Sydney and I'm joined here on a park bench under a tree, not looking at all suspicious, by Stephen Fennick from TechGuide.com.au. G'day, mate.
1: G'day, Trevor. We perhaps while we're admiring this lovely view, and it does look a little bit suspect too, blokes sitting here together in the dark. But it is. We are here for the Windows 10 launch, which we'll be talking about. Well, that's it, that big marquee it, up there, right? Massive blue marquee down there. That's uh, that's the reason we're here. We got here. We thought we'd get here a little bit early before the event to put this uh, podcast in the bank before the event before we get on the, the two non-drinking <laughs> yeah, blokes talking say, tech
0: because we're big drinkers yeah, and we're going to be right. smashed later on <laughs> um, th- we do it all each and every week thanks to the good people at Netgear netgear.com that are you all your uh, tech news each and every week here with the two blokes talking tech well Stephen obviously nothing uh, more we c- there's a lot of news around actually this week um, but we, given we're here for Windows 10 we should talk about Windows 10 Um this is an interesting one for me because it is, it's is—it's a massive story that actually gets undersold because Apple gets so much attention just for releasing a, a yearly incremental update. But Microsoft doesn't release an operating system every year. This is a once every several years thing. And the, the big deal here is, is twofold. Firstly, um, Windows 7 uses it's a really nice upgrade for it. Windows 8 uses it's, it's a better operating system because it has the return of the, the Windows Start menu. But critically, it's
1: free. And that's a radical um, move for Microsoft. Absolutely, yeah. I think that you, you, when you consider the number of people who are using Windows around the world, and we're talking, you know, ninety percent of the computer-using population of the world around Windows. eighty-five to ninety percent. So there's a lot of people who are interested in this or are affected by this, and the you know, we're getting little pop-up messages saying, "Hey, upgrade to Windows Ten. You, you've got it now." That's right. And I've had, we've had a few emails asking about it, and people are interested in it, um, and. It is. Uh, I asked the question that we had a briefing a couple of weeks ago uh, under embargo, so we can't talk about the features till, couldn't talk about them until today. But one of the questions I asked is, why did you skip nine? And they gave me a really good answer. They said, well, this is such a big update, it needed to go. Two, two numbers up, not just one. I thought, well, good I, answer. I was asked that question several <laughs> times on the radio this week, and I
0: just said because they wanted to put as much distance between themselves and Windows 8 as possible. <laughs> because was... Windows 8 wasn't a disaster. It's about 15 to, to 18% penetration. But let's be clear, that's pretty bad for an operating system. And um, it, it, it was a great operating system for tablets, but which which was future thinking of them. But yeah. It didn't really work great for for laptops and, and PCs, and and they've they've brought it back a peg. So you can still have that same Windows 8 experience if you love it. So Windows 8 users don't fear the upgrade. You can still make it as much Windows 8ish as you like. But Windows 7 users can now get many of the great features of Windows 8 in a
1: more familiar environment. Yeah. What, what, what's apparent here is that. Microsoft really listened to their customers. Yeah. They, they, they took what their learnings about what they liked, what they didn't like. They responded to that. They brought the start button back. They gave you the option of not having a Metro screen if you don't want it. So that that's refreshing to see that a company the size of Microsoft is doing that. Uh, on the other side, I think there have been almost forced into offering this for free seeing that the last two or three updates i think for os 10 has been a free update or if it has been a paid update i think the last paid update was 20 dollars, so it's really cheap one version to fit all do you remember back in the day when windows released vista and all these others there was business home all these versions were so confusing and it was so expensive and people were worried that their computers weren't going to handle it. Now, with Windows with Windows 10, if your computer can handle Windows 7, you can handle, yeah, sweet. You can handle Windows 10 as well. So, and, good and to look, see they've learnt from
0: that. It is actually, I found it hard. I know there are some great features we'll talk about, but I did find it hard to say, why? Why upgrade? And for me, um, for Windows 8 users, the, the return of the start menu is a really big deal. And for Windows 7 users even the start menu alone is a, is a great upgrade. So instead of having this boring little list of apps, you now have a, a rich tiled interface within the start menu that allows you to see things. So you can basically see inside an app. So it's the best way to describe it if you've never seen it is you've got an icon for Outlook. But it might show you your last couple of emails as well. You've got an icon for Facebook, the but it shows files. you messages. Files, yeah, and so you can see those in the Start menu. Now, that's it's a really cool feature. Um, it, it shows you frequent apps. It even recommends apps. So there's a lot of really cool things about the Start menu alone that I think Windows 7
1: users will like, and Windows 8 users will appreciate having back. Yeah, and I think to the some of the other features, I think the the the, the sheer the fact that it can be used across multiple devices. We're talking the same operating system here, the same as you'd use on your laptop is now going to be available on your convertible, your tablet, right down to your smartphone. That's of appeal to people who obviously use it in a business sense. They want to keep track of all their documents and their 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 what projects they might be We're collaborating on together with other people. So that that sort of links that that that's a nice synergy across the devices there. The uh, the other new feature that stands out for me, a couple of new features. The new browser, forget Internet Explorer, that's gone. The icon it's, looks it, the same though. It does look the same, but it's because cool. it has to be familiar, otherwise people won't of be able course, to see. People it. will get lost. But it's now called Edge, and it, it's a more how they describe it. They said it's a more interactive and responsive browser. Mm. So, for example, they gave a that they, they did a they did a demo where you can actually share a page, mark up a page, write on it, and share that to someone, mm. uh, and and they can respond how they like. But that sort of how they they're thinking outside the square a little bit more now. You know they had to respond. Internet Explorer has a
0: massive bad reputation. Chrome, for Firefox originally now Chrome have surpassed it by lengths as the preferred browser. So Edge is essentially uh, you know a Chrome style speed in terms of browser. And again, they've put themselves lengths between Internet Explorer and the Edge browser. And it's highly it's it's a great interface. The 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 big the, actually the best feature of Windows Ten. That unfortunately only appeals to a, a, a smaller group of people. And that's why, unfortunately, I didn't really talk about it this week on the radio. I know because Xbox and gaming isn't a big, isn't big in the, in the wider community. So I had to be cautious about that. But if you have an Xbox or your kids have an Xbox, this is sensational. I put Windows 10 on my Surface 3 last night. This is the small one, the size of an iPad. Turned it on, got it working and everything. And then I turned my Xbox on. The Xbox is out in the lounge room. I'm in the man cave. I, I was able to play the Xbox on my microsoft surface unbelievable so it's 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 let's let's be clear my, sony had this first sony were doing remote play into your smartphone or other devices from your um from PlayStation, that was sensational. And to be honest, that for yeah, well, me was, was device dependent. You sort of with the Sony Xperia phones, you could do it.
1: True, but this is across the but the beautiful
0: thing here is that but they were first, and that to me was a selling point for the for the PlayStation back then. And now Xbox has nailed it because any Windows computer, you actually take your Xbox controller, use a USB cable, plug it into your computer, yeah. and you're playing Xbox. So, so the kids, so mum yeah. and dad can be watching a movie in the lounge room. Little Johnny, thirteen year old, can be in his bedroom playing the Xbox. On his streaming, computer,
1: streaming from near the lounge yeah. or well, yeah. the scenario I described on the radio was that my wife's watching some reality show and I want Real Housewives of you want to play yeah. do you one of those. that shows? garbage? Yes, yeah, she does.
0: Actually, Joe and Amanda might actually they, get along. They
1: should yeah, we should introduce oh, them to each other. Actually, but, no, let's not do that. <laughs> but uh, no, no, I, that was the uh, that was the example I used where if the TV's occupied, uh, you can still play your Xbox uh, yeah. on your device, which is a really handy feature. I think what and and what we're going to see rolled out is Cortana, which is the the, let's say Siri for Windows, which for which is allows you not only to do simple searches, you know, who, how old is Tony Abbott, or who was the Indian Prime Minister, all those sorts of searches, and it will get that information instantly for you. But also, it's it's more, it's a bit smarter than that, where you can ask it, you can say, "Show me all the photos I took in Italy," or "Open up the document I worked on yesterday when I was at the coffee shop." So it it's become that that layer of intu- intuity, intuitive uh, features to it allows that to use it more than just a, just a glorified search engine. And remember when we, when we were in Beijing, we saw Lenovo
0: demonstrate Cortana with one of their applications to to actually dig, dig even deeper. So there's clearly um, API or application integrations that can be done with Cortana too. So it's a very exciting thing, but it's still, for me, voice control, voice recognition is still a challenge and um, there's a bit, bit of work to do. Um, the number one thing that, that excites me about this is it shouldn't be rocket science as to whether this will work um if you've got seven or eight yeah you, you'd get the upgrade and it doesn't install straight away it actually says it, it does, runs a scanner your computer and says well actually um you know software x and software y might not work and so it'll actually tell you to back out or or keep it um and so you can push forward and the key thing is not only is it free but it's only free for 12 months yep. but you, it keeps your old system for 30 days so if been 28 days you go, this is not for me, I want my Windows 7 back, you just press a button and it rolls back. But after
1: 30 so that, days... So that's something Apple would never do. <laughs> Apple yeah. Apple says, this is a new one, like it or not, this Correct. is how it's going to be. But Microsoft, they, they, do, uh, they are thoughtful like that. After 30 days, the old one disappears.
0: Now, to be clear, if you roll back, then A, in 12 months... If you want ten, it's going to cost you money. And yeah. two, in three years or five years, when Windows Seven stops being supported, you'll have to get it anyway. You so you may as
1: well get it now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and a couple of questions I had was, how can I get it? And a lot of people are noticing. I've had a couple of emails, of people saying I noticed this little icon and it says Get Windows Ten now. And they thought it was spam and deleted it. Yeah. <laughs> they were worried about it. So I originally told people to delete yeah. it. I thought it was ransomware. Well, for 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 those who want to get it, you need to a have an up so upgrade your computer up. D- install all the up- updates so if you're on 7 or 8.1 or 8 you need to update everything then you'll see that icon appear down in your in your taskbar then you can sign up to the to the update because you're not going to get it straight away you get a notification when it's rolled out so unlike OS 10 out. where you're just going to get it today right now you're going to have to wait your turn when, you, when they're ready to give you that heads up that the installation is ready to go so uh, check for that icon in the taskbar
0: um, one of the other questions I got on the radio was um, is it bigger uh, will it take up more space? Yeah. And the answer is no, it's smaller. As, it's, smaller. Uh, it's, it's actually slightly smaller so, than eight. Yeah, so that's a good thing if you're worried about space. Um, you know, look, it, it's, it's exceptional. I, I really like it. Um, I've, I've read stories from people who are actually so impressed they're, they're moving. They're not moving away from Mac, but they they, they can see themselves back in Windows because yeah. Mac did, you know, gained a lot of people in the community. So yeah. they're doing
1: well. It is great. It is free. It is worth checking out. And, of course, any computer you buy now is going to have Windows 10 on it. So if you buy a computer tomorrow, it's going to have Windows 10 pre-installed. Yep. Um,
0: You can read uh, Stephen's uh, tips on what to do before you upgrade on techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and
1: Stephen Fenwick. We woke up to some interesting news today about Telstra partnering with... Roku, is that how you say that? Roku, yeah. Well, it's not rock you. No, it's Roku. It will rock you. It's yeah. Roku. I thought so. So I was right then on the radio. You were one hundred percent right. Sound a goose on the radio. No. Well, this is an interesting partnership. I think uh, quite a powerful one that will uh, will take the game to Apple TV and also the Chromecast in terms of devices that allow you access to those popular streaming video on demand services. We're talking Netflix. Stan, presto. But also access then to Big Pond movies, to catch up TV. It's a handy little solution that Telstra has introduced. And Roku, this is their first venture into Australia. They're known in the US, UK, Canada. They've developed a platform specifically for Australians. Yep. And of course, that is what Telstra TV has become. Yep. So interesting that they've, uh, in one platform and no other one, no, like Apple TV doesn't have all three streaming no. videos. Two, but not Chromecast, three. I think you can stream everything from another device. Yes. But this is the first that I've heard of, anyway. That can give yeah, you Fetch all TV's three. only got only got Netflix, yeah. all three so, streaming video on
0: demand. And look for people that know Apple TV, Roku, the Roku Two, which this is this based on, is pretty much the same as Apple TV. It's a, it's a small device, tiny remote. It's very good. Um, but the the Roku is hugely popular in the states. And the problem was people were buying them, bring them here, and they didn't work because most of the services, Hulu and stuff, were you know restricted, and, yeah. and they they're, they're good but not great. Um, although you could use it to do casting and stuff like that, so what Telstra's done is say, "Look, we, we can do the deals. We can do the content deals. You, you customise it." So basically, they're removing all the US-centric apps and yeah. putting all the Aussie ones in. And let's be clear, it'll be Netflix, Stan, Presto. You know, Big Pond Movies. Yeah. There'll be a bunch of other things in Catch there. Catch TV, the, like iView, SBS, SBS on demand. On demand? Well, yeah. Maybe the other. I can't um, speak <laughs> for them yeah. directly. Um, but you know, it, it will be it will be great. Now, um, I I envisaged you know it's about it's fifty sixty bucks in America. It'll be it'll be a hundred bucks here, maybe a bit more if you have to buy it outright because yeah. you know they'll it'll be like the T box mate. They'll sell it on a plan. Yeah. Um, and but, you need to be a Telstra broadband customer to enjoy all the features. Correct. Good, lucky me. But the critical <laughs> thing here is right. I actually, and I don't think it'll happen. But I I I, I guess I, I, I hoped in my story that Telstra could be so smart that they were able to pull deals with Stan, Netflix and Presto to bundle. So imagine you could ring Telstra and say, "I'd like a Telstra TV unit, please." And they'd say, "Yeah, no worries, 100 bucks. I'd like to subscribe to Stan and Netflix." And they could they could bill you directly and and through your Telstra. Yeah, and so maybe yeah. give you discounts or certainly it means you only need one account. But if it's not like that, then you're going to still need to sign up for those accounts. Yeah. And I know that sounds easy, but for the Remember, T-Box is in 200,000 homes plus. When this thing gets in 200,000 homes, that's at least 150,000 people who don't normally sign up to stands and Netflix and Presto. Absolutely, so, yeah, yeah. you've got to make it easy for them to sign up. Yep. So, if they're able to make it easy to sign up, this could be huge for the streaming so, services
1: and for Telstra. To be, to be clear, so if you, you do buy a Telstra TV, your stand subscription, Netflix subscription, Presto subscription... Are on top of that price, Correct. so you got access to them. But put, so we should make that clear that if you buy a Telstra TV, you don't just get them; no. you you get access to them, exactly but you got to pay. The same for them. way that
0: if you buy an Apple like TV, Apple TV yes. you ain't got nothing until you buy it, right? Um, but look, I I genuinely think this is excellent. I, I really do. Yeah. I I thought the T box was amazing when it first came out. They just didn't ca- kind of keep up with where it needed to go. Um, but it it was good. It was a great interface. It was a good PVR. I actually they're they're going to not discontinue the T-Box, they're going to stop selling it, essentially. They'll still support it. But I actually think they should keep it coming because it's a good PVR. So Fetch will take over that space as being the best kind of interactive PVR. Um, Telstra TV will be this entry-level way to do streaming content.
1: And then obviously free-to-air smart TVs will sit above that. We should also point out that uh, people thinking, oh, do I, I won't need Foxtel anymore? Well, hello, Telstra half owns Foxtel; they're involved there, so it's not going to tread on the toes of Foxtel at all because oh, there's still live sport on Foxtel, yeah. all these exclusive content. This is a th- this actually validates this the whole popularity of subscription video on demand services. A company like Telstra getting on board bringing in a device that enables that a lot easier because how many people have asked you look how do i how do i get yeah. netflix on my tv I, I they can't work it out i they think they've got to buy a so brand new, new tv that's right
0: so I'm, I'm amazed in fact staggered by the people who suggest that that this is bad for foxtel seriously no, foxtel's in 30 percent of homes and not not they're going to stay at 30 of homes yeah. those homes aren't thinking about getting rid of it they've got it they're happy yeah. um but there's another 70 percent of homes that are looking for that solution oh, now have you got,
1: have you got foxtel home? Yeah. Oh, yeah. hello
0: now let all me tell you live, this,
1: though. All that live footy you watch, eh? Yeah, Formula <laughs> yeah, One, yeah. mate. Hello. I would pay... I thought, I thought, I thought that free-to-air Foxtel uh, for, if
0: Formula One. Are you kidding? This year is the first year that the really? Formula One has been on. And now, we used to get qualifying... And I'm a great mates with Greg Russ, who was yeah, a Channel 10, yeah. 10 at the time. Yeah. I loved the coverage. I didn't have any yeah. problem with the coverage. But we now get... A Formula One fan used to get live qualifying for yeah. literally an hour, and, and the race live plus a little tiny bit. So t- three hours in total, basically. Yeah. We now get... Two practice sessions live on Friday, third practice session on Saturday, qualifying on Sunday, and a three-hour preview show on on the race day. You get hours of coverage in in full HD, and you know Foxtel's HD is amazing. Now, let me tell you why that's relatable here to the Telstra TV, other than just me loving Foxtel's Formula One coverage. (laughs) This box is a threat to Foxtel in five to ten years, because if we get an NBN that's effective enough, and if we can carry the bandwidth throughout the country... There is a place and a time where Telstra would negotiate rights to one NRL game a week for example exclusively on their
1: platform well, there, there and it's complicated bad deal because there are digital rights there are TV rights yeah, that's, so that's they're gonna all going to blur it's into gonna one blur. it's going right. to end
0: so, so there will be there will be broadcast picture rights or something like that where yeah. which doesn't matter how you deliver it IP or broadcast or cable that um, that'll be how it'll go so very interesting times um, uh, full story at uh, techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au Well, Android—they've got massive problems. Massive.
1: Said he who's using using an Android, Android phone right now.
0: Out. Yeah, great timing for me to switch to a couple of Android devices for a few weeks. The um, so um, now we should paint the picture. Last week we talked about Jeep. You'll remember they found a security yes. vulnerability there. This week, we're talking about a security vulnerability in Android. Do you know why? Because in a couple of months or weeks, there's a huge security conference in Las Vegas. And this is where all these great security representatives stand on stage and go, look what we found. (laughs) And they unveil this huge vulnerability, which they find. They get raps for it because they're amazing at, at, at doing what they do. So this company have found a way to basically deploy malware into an Android phone. Here's how it works. They send an MMS to you so let's be clear all they need is your number so, and that's not hard to randomise so did you, get,
1: did you get my video that I sent you <laughs> yeah. no.
0: they send an MMS to you you don't need to see it you don't need to even know it came through you can be sleeping at night and that MMS, because when an MMS comes through, it kind of executes in the phone to say, you know, it's a picture or whatever. Yeah. And carriers yeah. Yeah. carriers send, um, uh, like, MMS-style messages to send you settings, yeah. which get saved into your phone. Yeah. So that'll come through, and it'll deploy malware into your phone, which could potentially do any range of things. Now, Google say that the ecosystem is separated, and it's in a sandbox, and it can't access things like the camera and stuff. It doesn't matter. I'm sorry. The fact is that software can be deployed into the phone without the user knowing yeah. what happens next. There's a lot of silly users out there who don't know, and they'll just click OK if the, if the message is smart enough. So essentially, 950 million Android devices, anything running 2.2 and up, are vulnerable, and that's a massive problem. Google say they've, they've, they've made a patch. I read a statement from Google today because they sent it to SBS. We did a story for the news, and it said, we've, we've, um, we've released a, uh, an update to our partners. Uh, hang on. The partners, the partners have to give it. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. In an Apple device, this is this is Google's biggest problem, I believe, with the mobile space. When Apple finds a problem, the iCloud hack issue, yes. right? They do something. They change something. They off. release it. It goes out to everyone who presses the button. Yeah. They don't have to remember go through issue, Telstra.
1: Remember the issue Apple had with the uh, iOS 8 update? Remember the first update yes. caused all the problems? We, we, within hours, there was an update on top of that to, to resolve so it. So
0: Google's now has to wait for Telstra, Optus, Vodafone. They've deployed it to Nexus devices. Yay for the 1% of people using <laughs> those bloody things. Well,
1: that's Google's own brand. So yeah. that's Google's own phone. So,
0: but everyone else but is relying on the carriers. There
1: were companies who knew about this back in April and haven't done anything about it. Were, so what, what are we now? In, in July, late July, and we're thinking... Now, to be clear... There has been no reports of this in the wild. So no one's been affected. But now that it's out there,
0: what do you cool. think the Russians are doing? Yeah, They're working on finding yeah. a way to hack your phone.
1: Make sure you look at that video, mate. I told you. Make sure you look at it. <laughs> mate, but look, I think it's... This is... It, like, people, people... There's a lot of Android fanboys out there. Sorry, mate, I'm good. just putting your video on Vine. Yeah, good on you. <laughs> there are a lot of Android users that love Android. The reason they love Android is because of its, its open open nature. It's very really customizable because it's not Apple... But this is the downside of having a sort of an open source system. It's such a widely open system yeah. that, they, or that all these people love, and that's the reason they love it, but yet it's, it's its biggest weakness. It's its biggest vulnerability. Now, say what you like about Apple, love them or hate them, this would never occur to an Apple operating system. Or if it did, we'd know about it and it'd be fixed within a day. The bigger issue here is that Google has a a rightly open
0: platform for apps and things. That's why Apple works, because they, they have to vet apps. You basically, like, people whinge about the NFC and the iPhone 6 not being available. You know why? Because Apple don't want to make it open yet. They want to slowly release that stuff. That's why it works. That's why it's safe. That's why it works. It's reliable. You know, Android is awesome, but it has a long way to go in many ways. And unfortunately, this, to me, paints a simple picture. Google must control the baseline software. So in my view, Google has to stand every one of their vendors in a room and say, listen, here's how it's going to work from now on. When we have 4.5.1%, we're going to send it to everyone. I don't care what silly stuff you put on top of it. Make sure it doesn't
1: isn't 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 affected but by then, any software. Well, but will that then be an open system then? That that will technically make it not an open system no, if that's no, the case. keep
0: keep the app ecosystem the yeah. same silly open system yeah. that it is because it's, it's vulnerable in itself. Yeah. But the operating the underlying operating system. So
1: if they were to find a vulnerability, they can patch it. They don't have to wait for the carriers. I've got a question. If if you and there are a lot of Android users who go to the trouble of having security app on their phone, because they don't want to download a malicious app. So would would say they've got one of their Norton licenses, for example, or Trend Micro licenses on their phone, on their Android phone, would this, would that protect them in this case, or not? That's a great question, because a great question it I can't answer. Like it, would, but it sounds to me that the main security purpose of these apps is to make sure you don't download something that's malicious. But if the, if something is sent to you, yeah. is that scanned well, in the same way? Here we go. I actually think I have the answer to that. The answer to that is, what, what we should hope is that Norton,
0: Trend Micro, those guys send out app updates before Google does. So they create a, a layered um, protection. So hopefully the app, the security app providers can actually put in a buffer if it's not there already they can create one
1: yeah. that would be
0: good we'd have to ask them well though.
1: I think it's something uh, they've got a little bit of homework to do now after this
0: yeah they do so um, if you've got an Android phone don't freak out to be honest like don't freak out but keep your eye on it and the number one message when you see a message that says your operating system can be updated update it Yes, it's critical And we do it all each and every week. Thanks to the good people at netgear, netgear.com.au. Now, the great thing about the Arlo range of smart home security cameras is they are 100% wire-free. So if if we happen to have a Wi-Fi network here at the Botanic Garden, where are we, Mrs. Macquarie's chair? Macquarie's chair. And we could plug in the, the base station. We could put an Arlo camera on a tree facing out to the Sydney Opera House and a, and a permanent view. I did it at home. I had a, I had my router in, in the house, and I had an Arlo camera out on the telegraph pole looking at my home. It's 100% wire-free, battery-operated, wireless communication back to the router and the internet, which means that all cloud, all your detection, anything that happens in front of the camera is detected, recorded, and uploaded to the cloud for you to view on your smartphone, tablet, or PC. It's unbelievable, great security, very easy to use, highly recommended. Check it out at netgear.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen. Well, you know, I'm a massive fan of the, the Belkin Wemo system, the the smart light switches. I've got light switches in all the kids' rooms. I've got uh, um, what they call the, the switch, which uh, basically is like a power adapter that means you can plug a lamp or an iron or whatever into it and control that remotely. Um, Belkin have released a, a couple of things, a couple of announcements this week. The first one is the Insight switch. Now, the Insight switch is almost identical to the switch. So you plug it into the wall, you put your lamp in there or your, your fridge from the man cave. Um that you wouldn't want to turn a fridge on and off remotely, right? But what you can do with the inside switch is know how much energy it's consuming so you put in the information about how much you pay for electricity and you can look on the app at the energy consumption of the device that's plugged into the insight switch which for a lot of people is a really critical thing because what you can do is you can move it around the house at different times for a week
1: here a week there and see which which items that you leave on during the day are consuming the most power because you know when knowing how much energy you use it's it's like it's like sitting in a taxi you see the meter running you think Wow! Look it's how much money I'm using. Analogy, yeah. So we, with the insight, it gives you. Turn me off here. I'm not going to walk the yeah, rest yeah, of the. That's way. right. Well, <laughs> shit! You know, we better we better not use this too kids, much more. We're turning that off. Look yeah. how much, Look physically how much it's so costing. I think though, in terms of, and that that's a real challenge for, especially for you know families like, like we've got a lot of you know, kids using every every device under the sun. Yeah. Uh, I think that's that, that's a great way to highlight your energy uses, and thereby see from that data you can see well how can I improve here? Yeah. What data is hogging all the energy? How can I change? Can I get a better deal? So I think, apart from the convenience that the, the Belkin Wemo switch offers, that insight, I think, is valuable and potentially can save you hundreds, if not maybe thousands of dollars a year down the track. The,
0: um, the really cool thing, though, this week that they announced was that their products are going to be available through Bunnings. Now, why that's cool for me is because it, it takes the smart home to the masses. Yeah, you've been able to go to JB Hi-Fi, buy these things, but to be able to walk into a Bunnings, and you know how Bunnings
1: works, yeah. you just buy stuff. You, just, you walk in yeah. for a box of screws and walk out with about five power tools.
0: Good news, you're going to walk <laughs> in for a box of screws <laughs> and washers and you're going to walk out with a, with a light Belkin, Belkin
1: Wemo light bulb yeah. or light switch because you can now do buy they, those products. Do they also sell the Wemo Maker there? The Wemo they Maker? Are, but not yet, but they're going to. They're coming to, because Wemo Maker, for those who don't know what it is, the Wemo Maker allows you to sort of get under the hood a little bit and customize the the switch to you to work with sort of low voltage devices like garage door openers, uh, electronic door locks, things like that. So it is it is for anyone who's looking for a project, yeah. especially on the on that on the electronic side, on the, the uh, smart home side. Now the Wemo Maker is sort of one of those devices that allows you to customize it for your needs.
0: Very, very cool product, and uh, check him out at Bunnings now, which is uh, I think is a good event. Um, I've got pictures of the the WeMo Insight Switch and the Bunnings details up at eftm.com.au.
1: Now, this next product is no use to you or me, Trevor, as uh, being the two non-drinking blokes talking tech. Um, But I've got to say, it is a huge appeal to people who do like a drink, they, uh, they often get out uh, on a Friday or Saturday night. They've had a few drinks. And some of them, unfortunately, make the mistake of uh, thinking, well, I'll be right to drive. Oh, they get, they'll get they get in the car and, and, you know, they may get pulled over Ooh. and, hello, they learn the hard way that they're over the limit. You've seen right. the show RBT then? I have, yes. Uh, a lot of idiots driving is all I can say, but there's a new product that I actually the the the, uh the ceo of the company who behind it edge tech labs actually got in touch with me he he sort of brought it to my attention this new product called the drink mate now his question to me was australians are our second biggest customers for this product the product is the world's smallest breathalyzer it's smaller than a chapstick so think about like a double a battery that you can plug into the bottom of your iphone they do have an android version Mm -hmm don't need to charge it because it draws its power from the smartphone. Mm. And you simply blow into the end of the drink base So you don't need to touch it at all. So there's no need to replace um, mouthpieces or anything like that. And with the app then running on the smartphone, it can give you a very accurate uh bac which is your blood alcohol content within point point zero one which is remarkable in fact i I got in touch a a guy got in touch with me yesterday who actually his job is to calibrate the breathalysers for the police and i said he he asked me if i had it i said mate i haven't yet but when i do i'm coming to see you straight away to see how accurate it is yeah but it is it is really handy even if it gives you a ballpark estimation of what your blood alcohol level is and the sort of thing that being so small you can carry it in your pocket And Keirin, yeah, it's it's tiny, and, and the guy Sean Masavij, his name is the CEO of our Edge Tech Labs, asked me. He said, uh, "Aussies are our second biggest customers for this product. Is it because there's the word mate in it, or do you guys love a drink?" And Both. I said, "Mate, it's probably. Uh, I think it's more the latter. Actually, we, they do. We do like a drink, Aussies. Not not the two blokes talking tech, but everyone else in general. So." This is a really handy little product and it's only cheap it's only $25 US yeah. if you go onto the Kickstarter project for the iPhone version if you want to order the Android version right now that's 29.95 US so for that price you could probably buy two give one to your partner your spouse or whoever and maybe buy one for a friend mm-hmm. Uh, the iPhone version will, when it's out officially in October, that'll be twenty nine ninety five as well. But you can get in early on the Kickstarter campaign, yep. which, by the way, reached its thirty thousand goal in three days and it's still fifty thousand and climbing. So you can get in early. Uh, it's it's maximum reading though is 0.2. So if you, if you're up to point two, you you probably can't. What walk. he should do, what he should do, is update
0: the app so it, no, it's geolocated, so GPS in the app, and it knows you're in Australia. And if you blow point two, it just says you're pissed, go home.
1: <laughs> yeah, you probably can't stand up. You probably
0: wouldn't know your iPhone from yeah. your elbow anyway. Yeah, I so think he wrote that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. look, it's a great looking product, and um, and Stephen's got photos and links on the website techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to two
1: blokes talking tech
0: with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, we, we, we thought about you doing this as a minute review, but I wanted to chime in, so I didn't want to take any of your minutes. more than a minute. Because yeah. your minutes are so precious, because you only ever go a minute. Yeah, that's right. Huh. <laughs> um, the LG curved OLED 4K TV. Now, I'm calling this one a triple threat, because it's curved, OLED, and 4K. Yes. This thing, 65-inch version, is sitting... I, I took my TCL 65-inch that we've got in the lounge room. Let's not talk about it, Stephen.
1: Oh, sorry to hear about that. Yeah, I smashed it. Anyway, um... <laughs> and it wasn't in a fit of rage, was it? No, no, it was accidental. It was accidental. We'll talk accidental. about that another time. Um, uh, so, uh, if anyone from TCL's listening, Trevor needs a new television. <laughs>
0: if anyone from LG's <laughs> listening, I won't be returning your calls for a few weeks <laughs> until I replace the TCL. Um, anyway, so I've actually, I, so I literally, I normally put the TV in the office when I'm reviewing TVs and just, you know, plug it in, play you some movies selfish or something. Bastard. Yes. <laughs> but this thing's 65 inch, it's the best TV on the market, allegedly. Oh, so I put it in the lounge room, mate. I, I'm not a video file. I don't see the differences that you see. You review a lot yeah. more TVs than I do. Yeah. But this is the most spectacular picture I've ever witnessed. And to be clear, I haven't put any four K content through it. Right? right? I'm just watching Foxtel. I'm just watching TV. It looks amazing. Well, I I'm just I'm blown
1: away. It, it, me too. And and if you read my review, of, it's the first time I've ever given a TV five stars out of five. Yeah. It is without a doubt, the best TV I've ever seen. And and the technology behind it, uh, the the fact that it's OLED, which gives it that brilliant black, perfect black, black Mm. blacks it can render. And from that black, it gives you great colour. And all these other benefits of having... See, the, the light leakage of, of LED, LCD, so because, because because this doesn't have a backlight, the pixel's either on or off. Yeah. Or, and and when when it's we off, talked it's about off. this the other Completely. week uh, right. in your studio, yeah. but when LCD, LED, you get that light leakage, it's sort of the blacks. That's why the blacks aren't pure black, because there's all this backlight that they've got to block out, which which OLED doesn't have because there's no backlight. Yeah. So the the color spectrum that's blocked out because of that light leakage suddenly comes to life in your face with this television. Now, I put everything through this, free-to-air TV, Foxtel, YouTube, Netflix, Blu-ray, 4K native content that I watched on it, and it was amazing. Now, the secret source of this TV, though, because there's not a lot of 4K content around, but the six-step upscale was phenomenal. It's as, it's as good as, if not maybe better, than Sony's upscaling. Now tell me this. this. Um, plasma was always the bee's
0: knees of high-motion uh, pictures. Yes. Oh, again, I, I'm not a, I, I wouldn't notice, but I'm confident that this does fast-motion pictures... Yes. Beautifully, I've been watching the Formula 1. I don't think I've seen the Formula 1 this way because of two things. Yeah. I think it reproduces the fast motion amazingly, that and does. I think Foxtel's, which has an extremely high resolution HD, is being upscaled really well, basically, to 4K. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Now, the I did watch a lot of sport on this, and uh, the... Geez, the, the mo- we've judder. got tough jobs. Yeah. <laughs> the, sort of the, the blurring, or judder, as they call it in the industry, is... It, it was it was indistinguishable. There was a little bit there, but you could, you know, if if I didn't tell you it was there, you wouldn't know. Like I, I've sort of got an eye for these things and look for certain things, but your average Joe, your average mum and dad will will not see that. No. And I watched like, Free to Air, for example, like the, the stations like SBS HD, for example. And I wrote this in my review. I was watching the Tour de France in 1080i. It looked amazing, S- pristine images, really sharp. The the upscaling worked well even on the free to wear Blu-ray blew me away as well, and I did put a lot of movies through this that I know very well, including Star Wars, yep. the, the original Star no, Wars. Seen yes, that? the original Star Wars movie. Was like I was picking up things I'd never noticed before, wow. and if you read my review, you'll see what I'm talking about. Scratch on R two D two because well, there's plenty more scratches that I knew was on him, but there's so much like the textures are, are really sort of come to life, and and all this detail that you didn't notice before. The contrast, having such a bright object, a bright color next to a dark color, which would like the other example was the four K content was a Korean pop concert. And all the all the dancers, the, the backup singers were wearing black. How many times, times you watch tops? that? Tops, yeah, it was a few times. But uh, what what happened was the black tops. <laughs> it wasn't stayed, a boy band, was it? It was uh, as a guy and girl backup singers. But um, my point here is that they were all wearing black tops, yeah. and against their skin, if that was a normal TV, it would affect the tone, the skin tone. But here, the black stopped dead where, where their clothing ended, and their, their skin colour was natural still. So, I just feel like this could go down here. Well, for, for, you know, you're talking how good porn's going to look. <laughs> <play now. laughs> so about- but, but okay, so let me.
0: Outside of that, outside of the picture quality, right? Webos is amazing, yeah, terrific, it's yeah. brilliant now this is not the first TV with that but it's, it's very well done uh, my wife didn't have any challenge I didn't even tell her how to use it, she just worked out the Magic Remote doesn't really like the Magic Remote but worked it out very well they brought the numbers back to the remote which wasn't there last year, big deal um, uh, Freeview Plus HbbTV TV works amazingly well um, works really well here's my problem And I'm, ge- I'm absolutely genuine about this you're looking at me like I'm going to say There's something silly No.
1: Hello?
0: <laughs> I-, I would never buy one not because I don't have 10 grand. If I had 10 grand, I would ring LG and say, Give me two flat ones. I do not see the purpose of the curve. And let me tell you, here's my problem with LG's strategy here. Stephen, can you imagine if they released a flat one? Yeah. It'd be cheaper. Not, it wouldn't be radical, but let's say it was seven and a half grand, yep. eight grand. They would sell, because of the picture quality loan, they oh, would absolutely. sell like hotcakes and they would smash yeah. Samsung out
1: of the ballpark. Maybe no I'll, I'll, in terms of the curve, the curve I, I, the thing that I liked about the curve was that I forgot it was a curve. Like it with the you, immersive the it, immersive effect that it has uh, and even the viewing angle it improved the viewing angle. so if you're sitting off to the side, the viewing angle is still very well, good. My mate, my spot in the lounge room is off to the side yeah. and it looks stupid. I didn't it looks stupid. I saw it, looked at it from every direction, and the curve. like we're not we're not talking a massive arc that's you know a semicircle here. We're talking a very subtle curve. It's subtle when you're looking straight yeah. on, but it's but even, bloody even terrible when you sit inside. Let's off. talk pricing. Even at the price, so when no, you consider this is, I said this ten grand way. is great because two years way. ago a fifty-five inch full HD from LG was twelve grand. Thank you. So this is good value. And let's let's face it harvey's have got it exclusively now and they're 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 keeping it at that price when it goes wider though when we when you you, see other stores the
0: bottom line here is here and people can can see your review and see the amazing rating you've given it which is for not which is really kind of groundbreaking but let me be clear here this is the best television you can buy today Um, it is absolutely worth every dollar of the price if you have ten thousand dollars you There's will love like it.
1: it. it, leaves, it leaves I'm, LED all I am
0: saying is, yeah. they could sell bucket flat loads net. of televisions yeah. fifty-five-inch flat OLED at five grand. Would Maybe. no, it wouldn't even be five grand because the, the, the curved one is five nine, yeah. four and a half, four grand would yeah. walk out the doors, mate. No one, yeah. you
1: wouldn't buy another television. No, that, that's a good point. No, good point. I think um, that, that, that's that's a valid valid. I think a lot of people are not big fans of the curve. Although you know the once they get in front of this, like you know here's us talking about it. you really can 't appreciate it until you 're standing in front of it and
0: that 's why I, I did get... a
1: lot of reaction to this review. A lot of people said, "You know I went to look at this t v and one person said, "You know what it's too small for me he's used to a seventy inch. Oh. I would have bought it in a heartbeat, but he wanted that's something
0: easy. bigger something it, wow. well that 's why I put it in the lounge room, I put it in a normal environment, and I just believe that it it gave me the ultimate experience to to confirm what I thought about it. Which I knew it was going to be a great picture, but I wanted to know how to live with it, and I can tell you, it's it's amazing, and it would be absolutely a great. Purchase. Just
1: keep the tripods away from it, is what you got to do. And uh, look, thanks, well, mate. The I write a pros and cons section to all my reviews, and I couldn't think of a con. I'm thinking the only con I could think of was that I had to give it back. <laughs> so
0: my re- give mine back in. <laughs> Yeah, but no, that'll go back in uh, in a couple of days, unfortunately, and the kids will have to watch the wall. Um, if you're listening, uh, LG, that's fine. If you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech, you can read Stephen's full review of the LG at techguide.com.au, and I'm going to hold off as many days as I can on mine so that LG think I'm still <laughs> reviewing it at eftm.com.au. Rightio, Stephen. Drum roll, please, as the waves of Sydney Harbour lap against the, the, the sandstone foreshore. How's that for a visual picture, people? Hey, Painting an image with words. Just beautiful here in Sydney. Um, yeah, I've had to coach a lot of uh, news reporters who just go, yeah, I'm out in front of a burning house. Okay, if you could just tell us how high the flames are leaping, you know where the people are running, that kind of thing. Anyway, uh, Stephen, your minute reviews. Uh, I was kicking off with a drone. Oh, I got this one as well, and I was quite excited to try it. Well, uh, but- the Kaiba Bass
1: it almost sounds like Kyber pass doesn't it the Kaiser bass we should say alpha drone now this is a drone that's it's 199 bucks and it's obviously coming into the the very popular drone market they want to take advantage of that yep. now this is um, it's more a toy than a real drone let's face it it's it's pretty light and Very light. it kind of it, it it tries to sit in between being a toy and being a professional drone, and I've got to say it failed miserably. This this <laughs> this was, look, I'm not in the habit of bagging products, but I thought, look, they've sent it to me to review. I'm going to try it. Um, this is very lightweight it's only 31 33 centimeters wide very lightweight you know, obviously to make it fly and, and to be maneuverable wow. I think it works against it when you're flying though it does and, and there are there are there are uh, sort of six six axis uh, control on this to to make it fight against the wind if it has to and my first flight, the wind picked it up and took it 50 metres away. I had to cut the engines so I wouldn't lose it. But to its credit, it survived the drop, not a problem. Oh, no. And it, it, it got up... on the driveway oh, 10 times. And it got up okay. But it, it, it's, it's sort of beyond beyond a toy but not quite good enough to be a fair drone. Like, it's 200 bucks. It's not cheap. So it's sort of priced itself slightly above I have your to toy in. drones. My,
0: it, you know what it reminds me of? You know those little, little helicopters you buy at the supermarkets? They're very hard to fly because they, they're constantly rotating and you have to tune them to not rotate. The problem is you have to tune every axis of this not to rotate. Yeah. And I actually think it's... This is the weird thing. If you can master this, you are a brilliant pilot Absolutely. who could fly anything. But yeah. But see, a DJI Phantom is much easier to fly because of the GPS, the correction, the smarts
1: of it. But that's kind of what kids need. And you're right. This is so touchy that it it kind of defeats defeats the purpose of it being uh, to fly. Like if it's a toy, it should be easy to fly rather than being really touchy. The the remote control looks really cheap and plasticky. Um, I think they were probably better off having an app to fly this just to cut the price oh, the down parrots. a bit. Yeah, so to cut the price down a bit. To its credit, there are sort of uh, dedicated buttons to do your flips and take your photos and everything on the remote. But it's only seven minutes of flight time. Seven Six minutes. And, and 50, 60 metres but, uh, but again, another reason why you buy this, you need to buy three batteries if you want to fly it for, like, you're not yeah, going to go to the park, you're right? not going to go with one battery and say, okay, we'll be in here five minutes, got to go home again. That's done. Yeah. So that kind of almost, having but to buy it those... My poor kids, I've got three batteries for here, the phantom on. of 20 minutes. you <laughs> But imagine if you got to buy You're buying this. You buy three extra batteries. It that exam, again adds cost and kind of puts it out of the reach of the audience you want to target. Yeah, so problem, yeah. look, it's it's you need to have a dead calm day to flight. If there's a bit of wind, forget about it.
0: Very tough to recommend. Stephen's full review at TechGuide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech
1: with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And wrapping it up, Stephen. What have you got for us? I can't see the rundown. I've got no idea. We have the STM Energy Bags. Now, the STM... Is like like Red Bull? uh, An energy bag? No, no, it's not. There's a a battery on board. So, the the popular uh, drifter backpack, the Bowery and Trust shoulder bags. Uh, They've that this range is now called the Energy Range. They've taken those bags and their special purpose-built pockets to take a special battery, the Joey battery, that fits inside. It's a 3,500 milliamp hour battery that links then to a little LED dashboard in the top of the bag. So there's a little hook that they've they've sewn into the bag. So then now, if you need to charge your device on the go, you got this power reserve to charge up your smartphone, your tablet, your e-reader. Backpack or a carry bag? There are both. There's a backpack, the Drifter, and then. The, the, there is a the, a pouch for the battery, so it sort of sits it out of the way. I'm on the phone. Amara. The, the LED the LED dashboard is then where you connect your devices. So there's a pocket near the top of this, so you can connect your smartphones, your tablets, your e-readers, GPS devices, uh, you, any USB. on the price, device. son. Well, there's, there's the, the the different bags. There's all different colours as well. The Drifter is two ninety nine ninety five. Which is the backpack? Mm. The Bowery, which is in 13 and 15 inch sizes, is two twenty nine ninety five, and the Trust, which is the bag I've actually got right here, mm. is two seventy nine ninety five, and available in different colours: blue, grey, camo, red, uh, all different, all different styles, uh, colours as well. So the, that's the STM energy range of bags. So so the the battery thing is actually
0: like a separate thing that hooks onto the outside of the bag.
1: That is it. So you can see the pictures of that's actually my iPhone charging inside the bag there. So check out my review at Tech Guide. But STM not only have your devices protected on the go, it can also charge them up as well. Check it out, use. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes
0: Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fenwick. And that's a wrap, Stephen. Episode 219 as we uh, celebrate the launch of Windows 10 with the good people from Microsoft. It's a big event for them. They've been working hard for this for many years, really, and uh, and it's a big day for, for Microsoft and for Windows. And uh, I've got to say, from everything I've heard and people I've spoken to, I think it's, it's going to go well for them. Very positive reviews, very positive um, engagement from the public looking for it and wanting it. So this should be what they need. Um, we'll be back again next week with another week of uh, technology news and information for you on Two Blokes Talking Tech. You can follow Stephen, Stephen Fennick on uh, on Twitter with a PH. Um, Trevor Long on Twitter. Techguide.com.au the website. EFTM.com.au my website. And of course, if you want to tell us what you think about anything technology, go on Twitter with the hashtag ZiggyZaggy.
1: Stephen, talk to you next week. Yes, you will. And it's been very very picturesque settings here, Trevor. It's uh, lovely to spend some time with you here as well. <laughs> and it hasn't hasn't raised the eyebrows of any of the joggers walking who walked by, past thought, what are these idiots doing?
0: <laughs> Talk to you next week.